Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Fundamentally Sound Podcast. I am your host, Asa Serrata. On this wonderful, glorious, glorious Thursday, I'm off. I'm enjoying my time. Whenever you're hearing this, I'm enjoying my time off. I put in my 40 hours this week. It's time to relax. It's the fantasy football episode. You already know who I got on the podcast. He's always on now. The man, the myth, the legend, the one and only, Drusif Brummer. Drusif, hello. Yeah. We're back. How's your day at work, pal? It wasn't too bad. Um, I'm excited for tomorrow because I have our first middle school football game. Um, Due to COVID and everything, we have two football games. So um, a bunch of prep and... I'll get up tomorrow and it'll be game day, which you guys will be listening to this as it is game day for me. Exactly. So let's go. Yeah, first game day of the year. My boys out here making big man moves, big boy moves. Nah, I'm excited for you. I really am. But we got you some fantasy football. Uh, I guess, you know, just it's just a fantasy football episode. We're going to, you know, just give you an insight of what we're thinking, what we're, what we're going on. We're not going to be doing any uh, – I mean, we can. Uh, we're technically going to be going into the the uh, wide receiver waiver wire because it is so very thin. I don't know if you saw waivers this week, Drew, or if you really paid attention to it, like, heavily. There's no wide receivers out there whatsoever, and it's kind of scary. I, I'm, I, I have a team right now in uh, the Brotherhood League. I don't like my receivers whatsoever. I'm trying to get rid of – I not only have DJ Moore, but I have Amari Cooper as well. It is – it's not a good combo. Yeah, let, let, actually, let's just get into this real quick uh, because okay. I think a lot of fantasy owners are struggling with this where their roster is, is hurting in some capacity. Um, and so I, I want to kind of give the listeners an insight. It's always fun when they can kind of put, you know – uh, players to where what we're actually going through right now. So I know you said your wide receivers are really hurting and stuff. Um, who who exactly like are you looking to start? All right. So here's what I got. Let me just pull it up real quick because I wasn't expecting this. But then so, let, let me let me go ahead and, and say mine while you pull it up. Okay. So and we have two leagues. Uh, Austin and I are together in one is a redraft league. So nothing you know from a year to the next year that you transfer over. And then we have another league, our second league, which is a dynasty league. Essentially, every player gets transferred over to the next year. So um, in the redraft league, like he said, it's called our brotherhood league. My entire bench is projected zero points. I have four players on by, two players that are hurt, and my IR spot taken. So all of my players that can play are starting. So I am on the same board that it is very thin of every player that I, that I need. And then in our dynasty league, I have no quarterback in my quarterback starting lineup. You have of, three. You're the, telling me all of them are on a bye? No, I have Dak Prescott out for the oh, year. I have Joe Burrow. God. He's on bye, God. And we're about to get into this news later. Matthew Stafford was my third string. Yeah. So uh, I have to pick up a quarterback. And you have to drop one of those quarterbacks. No, I don't. We, we're allowed to have four. Four Max oh, and Dynasty. okay. I got Deep you. bench. And I have to literally pick up a player off of the waivers. I will not say who because hopefully 
Well, I guess I guess I can say who because they'll see it tomorrow when waivers run. True. But I'm going to try to get Cam Newton. Uh, he's on the waivers. If not, I have to start him. So I know all fantasy owners are very trying. Uh, you know, they're trying to make it through these these rough times out here in week oh, nine, facts. moving to ten. So. You know, we're, we're going off the path, which I love to do because then it just brings up more topics and it's just great. Um, so is it safe to say that this year's the year of the waiver wire? I, I mean, think about it. So many injuries. I, from, from an injury perspective, yes, it is, uh, you know, kind of this plug and play. I would not call it the year of the waiver wire because – I remember previous years, specifically Odell Beckham's rookie year, where you just like felt like you found players off of the waiver wire that next year in redraft became first, second, third round mm-hmm. picks. I don't feel like there's many players that really can jump into that high stratosphere of caliber talent where you're going to draft them, i.e. Mike Davis, who is going to just fill in but not be a long-term player, right. but – from a perspective of injury and plugging and playing, waiver wire has been kind of the Hunger Games out here. No facts. Um, and, you know, I think that that's how a lot of teams are surviving. That's definitely how I'm keeping afloat. I did not actually scratch that. I've come under a lot of uh, misfortune this year. Uh, I have two teams that are five and three. Uh, but the other two teams that are – the other three teams that I have are one's three and five – and just it's a very weird league, like two flex spots, PPR, half point, um, 12 team league. And it's just that last flex spot is just like throwing in. You're throwing in just a random player at this point. 12 teams, you're already using a lot of people and you add another spot, um, you know, in the starting lineup. It's tough. I won't lie. And it's it's kind of I'm I'm struggling to adapt to it. So I'm three and five in that league. That's the worst that I've probably been in three years. Um, but the other two that I'm in, I'm, I'm four and four. And it's just a lot of mediocrity. Um, and it's just definitely just been a different year. Like I, I came out of this this league right here. I traded John Josh Jacobs and I got Raheem Oster, Amari Cooper, and Debo back. I thought I got a steal. I was like, bro, I'll give up Josh Jacobs for that. I mean, I get two basically wide receiver ones uh, on their respective teams. And I get an RB one, like, well, who is an RB two technically? Raheem Mostert's an RB two in my opinion, but he's RB one on his team. So I was like, I, I can't lose this. Dak goes and gets hurt. Therefore, Amari's just irrelevant now. Raheem Mostert is now on IR. Debo has basically been on IR this year, so it's just like that. It, it backfired so bad. Now I am starting Tyler Lockett, Amari Cooper. And my backups are DJ Moore and DJ Chart. Or, yeah, well, I did, did not meant for that to happen. But, yeah, DJ Moore and DJ Chart. And I'm looking to shop more Chark and or Amari by the end of the week. I almost – because I'll say it, it fell through. I almost thought I had a trade with uh, Nick's dad last night, and I was trying to work some magic, and I was trying to add pieces, and it just – it fell through at the end of the day. I wanted Adam Thielen. He didn't want to give up Adam Thielen. I was throwing like uh, two wide receivers and two running backs um, with Jerome or James Robinson being one of those running backs at times. Uh, and he just didn't take it. I would have taken it, but 
he was getting four players. I was getting three back. He wanted to give up Devontae Parker because he's uh, now, I'm assuming, scared because of the whole two of performance. But uh, it's just one of those things. But let's jump right into it. Back onto the the beaten path, I guess. Um, Matthew Stafford just tested uh, – well, it's kind of funny. I don't know if he tested positive. They said that he – Hasn't technically tested positive, but he's been put on the COVID reserve list. And they're playing Minnesota. Huge opportunity blown? Or do you think that Minnesota would have pulled out stops? Uh, No, I I think that the Lions would have probably won that game. Um, Although, you know, last week, Minnesota did put up still a good performance. Um, I, for fantasy related news, yeah, this stinks. He, I don't believe he is a hundred percent ruled out since he hasn't been tested positive, mm-hmm. AKA he is a close contact. Okay. So, I didn't know that. Um, I, that, that is the, the speculative news that I, it's still all, it came out today within like the last few hours from us reporting this. Um, so basically what I would say is come up with a contingency plan. I have the same deal. Like I said, I have Matthew Stafford as the only quarterback that was going to suit up and play. And now he's not planning on suiting up. So you definitely have to change that. It changes everything for the lions. Essentially you're not playing anybody from their team because wide receiver wise Galladay was hurt. Marvin Jones was maybe the only player you could have played. Now you're not going to have a player. You're going to do that. Uh, Vikings defense they're not a good defense and I understand the Lions want to run the ball so maybe you could throw in Swift but Swift isn't going to get any carries out of the backfield Peterson isn't going to really do much I mean if you're hurting hurting and that's the only player you could play sure but Swift's value is really low so you're definitely not starting anyone Lions related Stafford um, has been sort of that streamer type player without um, out. now when you have that guy out um and he didn't really put up many points per se, consistent fantasy points. You, you're willing to drop him in a redraft league um, and try to find another option just because you don't know if he's going to play. Without a doubt. Uh, I had to go, I had Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford too, like, you know, coincidentally. And I had to go drop Matthew because I'm, I'm not dropping Joe. So I had to go and drop Matthew. And thankfully, Matt Ryan was on the waiver wire. Same waiver wire that I got Chris Godwin. Don't ask me why Chris Godwin was on the waiver wire, but he was. But uh, so the Kenny G hip injury. Now, I'll ask this about my, the Miles Gaskin news. Miles Gaskin had a, I believe, it was a grade two MCL sprain, uh, but an MCL sprain nonetheless. Um, he is out a minimum of three weeks. Now, with these two characters, are you giving up on them? Now, you try to trade me, Kenny G. I know that in our in our dynasty league. Is that you giving up Kenny G or is that you like, all right, I need to make some moves real quick, maybe to better my team. Kenny's an attractive, uh, you know, an an attractive asset. And I love Kenny G and I was really considering that trade. But at the end of the day, I just, I didn't think it was best for me, but thoughts and opinions on both of those players. Um, So first of all, I don't have uh, Kenny Galladay in dynasty. I have him in redraft. Oh, but, that's what it was. Um, nonetheless, Kenny G and Miles Gaskin, I'm not giving up on them in the sense of dropping them. Okay. 
Like John actually just dropped Miles Gaskin in redraft. Yep, I'm putting a waiver wire claim in. You can do the same. May the best man win, but right. I definitely I, want to get him. I most likely will put a uh, waiver. No, I have Gaskin in our redraft. Must oh, did it. never mind. It was in our other know. league together. There. Yeah. My Anyways, here, here's the deal. For mm-hmm. people out there, you do not drop them. You keep them on your bench. Um, even if you, you know, need to drop somebody, that they, they are a RV1 type of or wide receiver one type of player that when they're healthy, they come back and win. Now, if you need to buy wins now, I understand it. Scenarios are all different, but in that case, I need to have them on my roster for when they come back. Giving up on them though. I mean, yes. So Tua, we haven't seen anything good from him. So we don't know how the running game will be with that running, you know, Miles Gaskin in Tua playing quarterback, putting up fancy points. Kenny Galladay, it's been great when he's on the field. I'm more higher on Galladay because he could maybe miss one week, get Stafford back, and then he's good. Of maybe course. he misses two or three. But when he comes back, he's going to be great. Gaskin, I'm, I'm more giving up on. Well, you see, even last year with the whole quarterback situation in Detroit, Kenny G was still rocking and rolling. Like he was living on, you know, the contested catches from bad throws from bad quarterbacks and those D bombs. Uh, I think that he's, in my opinion, he's a baby Megatron. Honestly, I'm now, I obviously say that as like, whenever I say baby, as in he's like tiny compared no, to, I got you. It's the same but, play style. Right. And literally both of them can go up and get the ball and they both have down the field capabilities. That's just the way it is, except obviously Calvin Johnson was 50 times better than Kenny Galladay. Um, but I just like Kenny Galladay at the end of the day. I'm never going to give up Kenny Galladay. Um, when he's in, he's rocking and rolling. I'm starting him regardless of who the quarterback is, uh, just because that's how much I like him, and that's how much that I believe in his big play capabilities and his red zone efficiency. Miles Gaskin is a different story. Um, if you have an IR spot, cool, keep him there. But at the same time, like John dropped him because I'm assuming he needs somebody that's you know now, and um, he's always that guy that will get you maybe the that nine to ten points in a standard league, but he won't ever go above and beyond. He's obviously not the the answer in in Miami. But he has been consistent all year, you know what I mean? Because he plays not only uh, the pass, but he he runs. He, he gets like 15 to 18 touches a game in terms of rushing. Now, I love Miles Gaskin, but he's just – I think it's borderline. If you need somebody now, I definitely say drop him. But just know that you're dropping him to lose him because somebody else will get him because I am going to try to get him. <laughs> John right. messed up. Right, right. To, to your point. So what, what Austin's saying to all the listeners, you only drop him if you need to pick up a player and play them. Exactly. Okay. If you have a bench player that is not going to be in your roster this week, he is some form of a backup, um, whatever, you know, second string, like wide receiver two or three that you're just not starting you drop them for Gaskin um, and you, you pick up Gaskin. But if you need to pick up a player and play them now, and like I have where I have every bench spot is either on a buyer or out, you, you can't do that, you know? Um, but 
Gaskin has scored in a half point PPR format over 10 points every week, except for two. And those other two weeks, he scored eight and seven. So he's not losing you a week. He's not scoring over 20. He's never scored over 20, but he's putting up the normal points that you would want from a low end, you know, running back one or a high end running back two. He gets running back one volume, but he produces like a, like a mid tier RB two. Right. And he's not going to have a Dalvin cook four touchdown game. Right. The reason why I'm getting out on him is because of Tua. Um, What's his name? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Sorry. He led their offense and was three and three. And the, and the games that they lost was like to Seattle and the bills and stuff. And they were close games. Right. In my opinion, except so for essentially the they're, they're in tight games or they're winning. And so they can run. And he was dishing it off to the running back in the flats and getting PPR points. But now that you have Tua and what he put up last week where they're, Leading receiver had 16 yards. <laughs> bro, the third string wide or third string tight end, bro. Yeah. He's known for his blocking. <laughs> that's yeah. why he's on the team. And then he had 16 yards. Like, that's just why I'm getting out because you're going to have to wait so much and then see if it's happening. Gaskin's a great player. I'm just out. If, I mean, if you have an open bench spot, that's the reason why we're saying do it. But if yeah. you need wins now and there's someone else on the waiver wire that is going to help you and it's thin, Do you it. have to go them over. These so are the, This week, they're the swing games. These are – this week, a lot of the games matter because nobody wants to go down 4-5 mm-hmm. heading into the final stretch because then that means that you're going to have to basically win out if you want the playoffs. Um, so if you definitely need a player now – and you need to win, I, I advise dropping Gaskin if you have him, if you don't have an IR spot. If you have an IR spot, cool. Stick him in IR. Go grab that player. But moving on, Kenyon Drake's out. Chase Edmonds, where do you rank him as? I say RB2, low tier. Um, Chase Edmonds hasn't been overly great this year. Uh, even in the games that he was given volume, he wasn't fantastic. Thoughts and opinions? Uh, I have him as a running back one. Um, I see this as against Miami strong defense. Yeah, I, I still I still have him as a as, as an RB one. Um, so they come off of a bye, which means that they have time to get Edmonds into the to the running game, and it's kind of exactly what we saw last year, where we had David Johnson as this running back. And then he was kind of banged up and then they had a bye week and then they traded for Kenyon Drake. I know they didn't trade for Chase Edmonds, but we've seen Chase Edmonds in the past put up big fantasy points. Yeah. And at the exact same point in the year last year, when Kenyon Drake came in and won you a league is this exact same point that Chase Edmonds could come in and win you a league. And he has put up good fantasy points four weeks over 12 points and that was him not as the starting running back. Now he gets the bell cow of the carries. Mind you, all those other weeks he had, he didn't have a carry over – he had, didn't have a carry count over six. I want to say he had touchdowns in all those games too. Am I wrong? I don't mm-hmm. think he ever had like – unless you're talking PPR, which I could see that because he's – he uh, The week seven against Seattle, he had five carries for 58 yards, so that's 11 a carry, and mm-hmm. he had seven receptions for 87 yards, no touchdowns on either side. Okay. So averaging 11 yards on the ground, okay, give him more carries. And then having 87 and seven receptions in the air, and this was later on in the game when Kenyon Drake was hurt. It's like I just see him as an RB1 caliber player. 
yeah, maybe he's not going to be a top three running back because right. they play uh, the Dolphins. But even the Dolphins, you know, like who's going to be winning that game? You think two is going to put up points? No, Cardinals are going to be winning. At least they're going to give the ball to a player that you want. You also got to realize that um, we were up 28-7 in that game. It was pretty out of hand really early because of our defense special teams scoring, you know, <laughs> crazy amount of points in the first half. Um, I think that Tua was put in a conservative, a very conservative game script in the second half. Uh, and I think that that's why you saw a lack of production. It was one game where he didn't really throw the ball a whole lot. I'm not totally – I'm a Dolphins fan, diehard Dolphins fan, by the way, for anybody who didn't know. I'm a diehard Dolphins fan. So I I kind of go into a little bit more depth in terms of the Dolphins than any other team. But uh, I think it's a wait and see. I think this game right here is going to be like, okay. Oh, you also got to think, two, that, that was Tua's first game starting since mid last year. So it's just a wait and see moment at this point. That's all I'm trying to say. He could he could absolutely come out and be the two that everybody knows and throw for like 300 yards or even 200, period. But that's just – it's a wait-to-be-seen type of thing. But just uh putting my bets on the running back on the other team. That's yeah, just my no, Yeah, no, without a doubt. No, and I understand why you're doing that. I don't, Once again, I will say he has RB1 – he's going to have RB1 usage. That's a fact. Nobody's doubting that. I just don't think that he's going to do that great. I think he comes out with like a – I think he comes out with like 12 to 14 points. Um, but I just have to put him in that RB2 uh, slot just because of the defense. They're the number one defense in the league right now in terms of overall defense. I mean, that's per lineups.com. I just want to shout out that real quick. Okay, well, well uh, then who would you rather start? Because I know there's other running backs that are around that area that might play easier matchups or, or what would have you. Like, would you start Jonathan Taylor over Chase Edmonds and Jonathan Taylor is playing the Baltimore Ravens defense? Oh, no. Obviously, you want Kenyon. Um, you mean Baltimore? Chase Edmonds, but yes. Right, my fault. My fault. My fault. Yeah, Chase Edmonds. But uh, obviously, you want Chase because uh, our front line is good. Don't get me wrong, but it's not, it's not the Ravens' front line. I say that we are good in our secondary and our linebackers are – and then you just have Emmanuel Ogba who's playing fantastic right now on our defensive line. Our defensive line isn't that fantastic, but our linebackers are the one who gets the stops. Our safeties are the ones that, you know, that get the stops uh, on the edge and even just down the middle. But Okay, well then, uh, who would you who would you start? Uh, Ezekiel Elliott or Chase Edmonds? Who do the Cowboys play this week? Pittsburgh. I would want um, – that's tough. Either way, you really look at it. I'm 100% Edmonds over. Over Zeke? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's one of those things. It's like Zeke's the better player, and he's going to get a lot of usage, but he's going to get – they obviously know that, you know, Garrett Gilbert's probably – he's projected to start right now is Garrett Gilbert as, you know, their quarterback. So they're obviously going to stack the box. That's a fact. So probably Chase Edmonds. Okay. I, so, I sound I sound very hypocritical right now. I right. really so, do. I mean, so but, I mean, what, what you're saying then is that all these other running backs that I've said so far are also RB twos. 
Okay, so I, I'm trying to find a hmm. an RB one that you are not starting Edmonds over. So, so look here. So, like I said, uh, let me just go and just look real quick. That's what so, I'm trying to pull up. Like, like I'm saying, like James Robinson's definitely an RB one that I would definitely start over. Uh, um, like because a lot of people have James Robinson or. Yeah, James Robinson, because they picked him up all the way right early. They didn't draft him, obviously. So it's like they have two RB1s. Whoever got James Robinson, you definitely won the lottery on that one because you now have two RB1s. But James Robinson's won because he's playing Houston. Terrible defense. Uh, you know, even though he has a rookie quarterback, that defense is just straight cheeks. It is terrible. Another one that I would probably start over, uh, Chase Edmonds, Clyde Edwards-Lair. Okay. Fourth worst okay. running defense in the league. I, I personally would start Chase Edmonds over both Kansas City running backs, Edwards Alaire and Bell. Um and, and I'm just getting into just more trying to play devil's advocate argumentative. Yeah, no, without a doubt. But Chase Edmonds right now off of ESPN's projected rankings is ranked at six. Or sorry, at eight, at eight overall, which at would make overall. him an RB one in essentially all formats. Okay. Um and so the, the players in front of them, very, you know, easily understandable. Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, James Conner, Alvin right. Kamara, James Robinson, Josh Jacobs. Yep. After him goes David Johnson, Chris Carson, Ezekiel Elliott. I think I would start him over all of those. Maybe David Johnson because they're playing Jacksonville. Those kind of make sense. They're back-to-back. But Todd see, Gurley, I, think, I think you can play either uh... – I think you can play either James or David because you got to look at it. That Jacksonville defense is probably going to be tired. You got to think about it. This, this, right. no, and that's why probably I said they're back, to back, they're back to back in the rankings. Yeah. Right. I can but when, that. when we get to RB1 standpoints, okay. So David Johnson, nine, Chris Carson, 10, Ezekiel Elliott, 11, Todd Gurley, 12. That would be in a 12 team format, your RB1s. And we're okay. saying right now that Chase Edmonds, in your opinion, is an RB2. No, because look, you ready? Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry. That's one, two, three. That's four. Okay, so four. Josh Jacobs, I'm definitely playing. James Robinson, I'm definitely playing. That's six. Um, Let's see here. Keep it going. Keep it going. I'm playing James Conner. I know that that sounds terrible. Right. That sounds that's, really terrible. That's seven, that's seven guys. That's, that's seven, seven guys. guys so far. You're okay. right. So If Chris Carson comes back, I'm playing Chris Carson over him. Okay, that's, that's fair. If he, that's David if he comes Johnson, back. you put those, that's nine. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is my opinion, but I understand where you're coming from. But Clyde played, I believe it was 77% more of the snap. No, it was 33 to 17. So 33 to 17 in terms of snaps, which isn't what you want to see, but Clyde is currently getting the red zone carries. In both the games that he's had with Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell hasn't even seen, uh, I think, but like one or two. I It was some crazy, ridiculously low stat that I saw earlier in the week on Instagram that Le'Veon Bell has only gotten like one or two snaps in the red zone since he's been with the Chiefs. So I can definitely see. And then I would even put – no, no. I would put Chase Edmonds over that because of – I'll talk about it here in a second. But, yes, okay. I see where you're coming from, and I can definitely see Chase Edmonds as an RB1. Yes, I can do. I can see that. Yes, uh, a sneaky pickup though, just because I I'm definitely starting him. I think in one of my leagues, two of my leagues, 
Damien Harris, bro, against the Jets. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. That's that now he's an RB2. I don't care what the matchup is. He's an RB2 just because of it's the Patriots. No, I have to start him in Dynasty. I have to start him in a lot of deep leagues because running backs are kind of thin with buys and stuff. But yeah. time out, you got him in Dynasty? How much you bid on him? Oh, I picked him up for free. Did I not what? I, I picked him up a long time ago. No, no, no. Okay. I had him like no, it was, it was Breda. It was Breda that I was thinking about. That's who I put a bit on. Uh, yeah, I've had him for a while just sitting on my bench because I knew eventually Patriots running backs were going to filter out when he was young. All right, this is a friend-to-friend ask. Kyler Murray against the Dolphins or Justin Herbert against Vegas? Kyler Murray. That's what I was going to go with. I just had to ask just because, you know, Justin Herbert. You, you kind of have to. Lately. He's like the number one quarterback. He is. I, like, I, I, I understand the matchup and everything, but like, I'd rather die with uh, the number one quarterback playing a tough defense and saying, okay, he's not matchup proof. Right. Um, you know, versus trying to go with a sneaky matchup here and there and a rookie just happens to have one rookie game. Exactly. I understand. There's going to, like uh, they say on the fantasy football, like footballers podcast, the shoe's going to drop. Mm hmm. You just don't know what it's going to be with Justin Herbert right now because he's just lighting it up. Which, by the way, if if you do not have a solid RB1 to start this week, Justin Herbert is – he's playing like one right now. You mean QB1? Oh, wait. You said Sorry. RB1. Yeah, I did. You're right. I'd love to put him as my running back. <laughs> Thanks. That would I'm, be great. I'm, I'm struggling this week with running backs too and buys. All right, so moving on from that long conversation – Yes, Chase Edmonds can be considered as an RB1. And I drew his definitely. Yeah, Chase Edmonds is definitely one of those guys. Start of the week, though, do you have one? For, yeah, him. <laughs> him? All right, solid. Uh, mine's going to be definitely, without a doubt, it's going to be Damian Harris he, as that sneaky play. Um, I'm not going to say he's start of the week. He's my sneaky play of the week. Start of the week, I definitely have to say uh, – I'm going to go with James Robinson. I think he's going to come back and eat once again. He he did it with um with Garner and his broken thumb slash torn ligaments in his hand uh, the week before the bye, and I think he's going to come out and do it again. But uh, moving on. Are you staying away from everybody that is um, currently on the Niners? Would you start Jamichael Hasty this week? Because that, let me just – Yeah, I have I have that decision to make in, in a league. Same. And, and it's very difficult because they play Thursday, which makes now, it even worse. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, Now, I have both of these players, and I'm struggling to do it, so I'm going to ask you because you're just my most reliable fantasy friend probably on this planet right now. Jamichael Hasty or Damien Harris? Oh. It's so tough. I put in Harris because I'm scared. Now, for the viewers out there that or for the listeners that don't know, the entire, the entire starting lineup in terms of offensive weapons for the Niners are out. Jimmy G, Greg, or George Kittle, um, Debo Samuel, Kendrick Bourne, and uh Brandon Ayuk all have um either been in close contact, tested positive, or are injured. 
And the only, I think it's Trent Taylor is the only wide receiver left on the roster right now. Trent Taylor, wide receiver three, flex option for you, or are you still staying away? No, I'm staying away from the passing game for the Niners. Um, I have my answer. I have my answer. Go for it. I'm going to go with Hasty over Harris. Mm. In my scenario that I have, I have to start Harris or Clyde Edwards-Alaire in my flex. I'm going Edwards-Alaire. And I know they're really high on him. I'm a little lower on him, but I'm not Hasty, like super high. But he's obviously an RB, right? In my Especially opinion. with the concern with Harris. Right. As much as I do like him, and I have to start him, and I need points from him, so I hope he scores. The problem is, is Cam Newton as the rushing player on that team, and goal line carries as well. The pro the the main reason I'm going hasty is. Kyle Shanahan in the 49ers. He is a player, or sorry, he is a coach that will get his players into position. I mean, you've seen it. Every 49ers running back is good. And the reason why is because of their offensive line and scheme. That's right. why this week when we're like, oh, who do we start from the Green Bay Packers? There's like two random guys and everyone's like, uh, I'm not too excited for them. But for the 49ers, it's like, I'll pick up Tevin Coleman. I'll pick up Jarek McKinnon. I'll pick up. Raheem Mostert because whoever's the starter will run and do well and he has a bunch of trick plays and whatever and I think they're just going to run the ball and get you points and I just I don't know I'm a big 49ers run game fan and I think with the Patriots I just can't trust that they're going to be in a game script of getting the ball to Harris as much as Hasty. Hasty has a lot more of a boom potential and the flow floors are kind of similar. I would just go hasty. It's close though. I can see that. I, the reason why I'm going Harris is not only the matchup, but I think that this game is going to get out of hand real quick. Therefore, then it's going to be in terms of uh, like running backs, it's going to be a positive game script for the running backs in the second half of this game. So therefore I'm just relying on the fact that Damian Harris will be that guy out of 17 running backs on that team because he he's just hot right now. He's coming off a 100-yard game. I think he had a 100-yard game before the bye. He's just hot right now. So, um, But I definitely see where you're coming from. Everybody who's ever touched the ball in terms of a running back uh, for the 49ers in the last two years has just been freaking phenomenal. So – they're even making Tevin Coleman look good. So, uh, I can I can completely understand where you're coming from. Uh, and, you know, we'll have some bragging rights to see who does better. But Jermichael, I don't want to – I don't. I would rather bet on Chase Edmonds than other players. Just hasty, I don't know. It's so name, okay, well, name your name your person then. For name, who and who? Uh, well, who do uh, – just any, any of the people that I threw out, any of the people that I threw out, just pick one of them. And be like, look, if Chase Edmonds was better, you have to admit on the podcast that once again you were right and you have been right. Elliott. You said you said you start Elliot over Edmonds. I'm taking Edmonds. You take All right. Bet, say less. We'll do Perfect. it. We'll do it. Without a doubt. We'll uh, figure out something we wager on it later. Yeah, without a doubt. How about this? You know your birthday's coming up? Yeah. I paid for your first one. Perfect. There you go. All right. Uh y'all heard it here first. There you go. But uh that's it for the news. I know we went, you know, it, it took a little, a little while, but that's the reason why we started recording a little bit earlier. 
Uh, we'll make the opinion section short. Then at the wide receiver market, who are you going with off the waiver? Uh, I understand they just processed last night, but who'd you go for off the waiver? I got a couple options. I got a couple people that I went for, um, but I'll let you start. Yeah, so um, in a deep market, it's it's very tough to kind of say that general term, right? Because, okay, if you're in an 18 league, your, your market is a lot easier. And if you're in a 12-team league where everyone's checking it and trying to get some players – you're like, yeah, this is this is kind of rough. Um, so let me go. Let me start really deep, and then I'll let you take over, Austin, and we'll kind of see like where we consider this uh, market at. I think if we're going real deep for a league, um, Danny Amendola might be a decent pickup. Now Matthew Stafford was out, so I had him written down, and I was like, mm-hmm. kind of have to put an asterisk by his name. Uh, Galladay's out, but then you have the quarterback out, so. Um, that would be last resort. But I think if you're looking at it, Denzel Mims is a great pickup to play. He's a rookie wide receiver for the Jets. Um, obviously, the Jets aren't going to beat that good. But like you are saying against the Patriots, if they're down and you got to throw the ball a little bit, he has been showing some noise um, over there in New York. He's two for so. a breakout game. Two yeah, yeah. So uh, he definitely has the talent to do something it's trending upwards in that rookie progression that you'd like to see towards a breakout game. So you can take a shot on him. Um, Moving forward, if you're looking for two players or three players for stashing players moving forward, I like one Jalen Rager, who is on bye week, who is a rookie wide receiver for the Eagles. So maybe he might be on your waiver wire. So you're looking at the availability to get a long-term deal. I know that we're talking about more players for today and now, and that's why I'm going to go with Marquez Valdez Scantley, MBS for the Green Bay Packers. That is very deep. Also, look at Lazard, who might be waivers for IR, whatever. But you have to understand the Packers did not, on the trade deadline, trade for any wide receivers. Obviously, Devontae Adams is going to get his. There's some tight ends that are going to get in the mix, but with no running game possible, you might have some jet sweeps for MBS. You might be able to get him involved in a five wide receiver setup because they're not going to be able to run the ball with Aaron Jones because all of their running backs are out. Mm -hmm. So Packers wide receivers in that whole umbrella idea, Rager long-term Denzel Mims for this week. That's very deep. Uh, Go ahead and give me yours, Austin. So Jalen Rager was one. Uh, They don't have a lot of options to throw to. Without a doubt, Rager's going to be the that guy behind Travis Fulgham. Travis Fulgham will be the the guy that gets 10 catches for 75 yards and potentially a touchdown. Jalen Rager will be that guy that gets seven catches and every look possible in the red zone. He showed that. He got two. Uh, Travis Fulgham got um, one really good, like, you know, just one – Ran his route very well, is what I'm saying. Shook the defender out of his shoes, got open, scored a touchdown. Great route, great throw, great possession, you know. But I think that whenever it comes down to it, Jalen Rager will get more looks in the red zone. And I think that he will, you know, he'll have a higher chance than Travis uh, in terms of getting a touchdown. Sterling Shepard, Giants are always going to be in negative game scripts. Always. Oh, I don't care who you are. The Giants will always be in negative game scripts because they are terrible. 
They play Washington this week. Sterling Shepard got 10 targets last week. I th- wait, let me look that up. Hold on. Uh, he got 10 targets or 10 catches. Either way, the volume's there. I think that no matter what you look at, they're throwing the ball. No matter how you look at this team is what I'm trying to say. They're going to be throwing the ball 100 times a game because they're always going to be down. So week um, – wait – Week eight was it? Week seven, he had eight targets, 59, uh, six receptions, 59 and a touchdown. Last week, he had 10 targets, eight receptions for 74 yards. The volume's definitely there. Eight targets, 10 targets, he got a touchdown. The volume's there. I think that, you know, if you need a player to start this week, pick up. I don't care how good it says the Washington defense is doing right now. Washington is just going to be so sporadic and unpredictable. But I think that you can rely on Sterling Shepard to actually just go out there and give you some points. Now, lastly, this one's a very, very, very um, – this is definitely for that deep conversation. Mooney from the Bears. I say this because Mooney has surprisingly been that very clear second option behind um behind Allen Robinson as of the last um as of last week six targets five receptions 69 yards and a touchdown he had seven targets in week seven and then he he had five targets against Carolina and he even had a touchdown with 36 reception yards back in week two but obviously that doesn't matter it's a deep shot but like Drew said if you're in that that deep league and you need you know just a start. I definitely think that going up against Tennessee, Allen Robinson's going to get Malcolm Butler. Mooney may be looking good at this point in time. That's all I'm saying. But those are my three that I, I just focused on uh, specifically. And I even went as far as grabbing uh, Mooney in our dynasty league because I like what I'm seeing from the young guy. But uh, without a doubt, any one of those – I, I felt like those are more gambles on my part than anything. Yours were definitely better. I love the Denzel uh, – yeah, the Denzel Mims one. Uh, <laughs> he got 42 yards last week and 42 yards uh, two weeks ago at, before their bye. So, it's like you, the fantasy footballers – Yeah, the fantasy footballers were, like, making fun of him because he only had – he had 42 yards in the first quarter. They were like, all right, he hit his cap. It's over. Don't throw in the ball. Like, period. <laughs> but – yeah, Denzel Mims, definitely one of my favorites uh, coming out of Baylor. But, uh, yeah, those are just a few that you can go out there and pick up just to help you out this week uh, if any of them are available. I understand that we do this after all the waivers are <laughs> processed, but it is what it is. Moving on, A.B., Antonio Brown, quick thoughts and opinions. Is he going to do anything with the Bucks? Is he worth going out and picking up? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think he's worth picking up. Um, I don't want people's expectations to be too high or too low. Um, he's not going to be Antonio Brown of the past, but he's going to put up fantasy points. I mean, you saw it last time. He came off the streets, went to Tom Brady in New England, scored a touchdown in his first game, and then left. So it's like Facts. he can do it, and this Bucks offense is they're not messing around is what I'm trying to say. Not that they're amazing best offense in the league, but they're putting weapons around Brady. They are making sure that 
once they get Godwin back, they get Antonio Brown, they have Mike Evans, they're going to get a running game. Like they're going to make sure everything works around Brady and he's going to kind of take the top off the defense, as they say, to run the deep ball. Um, he's going to be able to put up points. He's just not going to be consistent. I would compare him to more of Mike Evans style of he'll have a game where he'll throw up a bunch of touchdowns, but then there might be games where you get duds. Um, so definitely stash him. Um, if you need to start him this week, I would definitely look into starting him because like I said, they're probably going to want to get him involved early on. So it's just not this like Antonio Brown show again, but I would look at him. Um, if you can stash him and wait a few weeks, wait to see how he gets involved in the offense and then you can kind of take your shot a few weeks down the road. Because he still is available in quite a bit of leagues. Not everybody bought into the hype. Uh, let me just do a quick, you know, Yahoo search real quick. Antonio Brown currently this year. Uh, can I get – there we go. Antonio Brown this year is only – is rostered in 83% of leagues. So 27% of leagues out there have not – that's a big chunk, by the way. Uh, they still – you know, he's still available. So if he's out there, just – if you got a spot, just go and pick him up. Maybe he can actually win you – um, the league, if he actually turns out to be a little bit better than what everybody expects. Uh, but who knows? He could be like Drew said, Kenyon Drake was that guy last year, um, that one leagues. So who knows? AB could be that guy this year. But I, I completely 100% support everything else uh, that you said. Nothing to say, nothing to add. Now, moving on, last topic uh, before we call it quits. Is DK Metcalf the number one fantasy wide receiver this year? I know statistically he's not, but if you look at his stats here, this guy right now, this man, DK has only scored under 10 points in one game this season, and that was in week seven. He has had 15, 15, 15, 10, 21, 2, and 28. That two-point game coming off of Tyler Lockett's insane 203 touchdown game. Is he the number one fantasy wide receiver in your opinion? No, I don't have him as as number one. Um, But the conversation is valid. You're able to start asking these questions of is he the number one wide receiver, especially if you're talking dynasty you can get more into that conversation as in just this year. Yes, he is number one in points. But if I'm having a restart draft today and I'm trying to draft a team from today until the end of the year and no keepers, no dynasty, he's not going to be my number one pick. Um, I'm still taking Devontae Adams over him. I think Devontae Adams is the number one wide receiver. I think I would take Hopkins and Hill um, and I, right now, I, I'm trying to think of anybody that could be put into that category. Um, but he's right there um, in that category. I would say I'd put him next to a Julio Jones, put him next to, uh, you know, Tyler Lockett, even. You could have him in there, Thielen. Do you um, pick Tyler or him first? I put, I put DK over Lockett now. Okay. Um, because Lockett has the availability to disappear in a game or disappear for quarters, whereas DK is, is going to 
be a little bit more consistent and has a lot better chance of booming on a deep ball because of his athletic ability. But yeah, no, I, I would I, honestly, I think the number one wide receiver is Devonte Adams. Oh yeah. And then I think, I, agree. That, I think that I, you still have to go consistency with Hopkins. Julio is a good conversation in there. Tyree kills above um, Metcalf and he's getting up there for sure. See, now, I wouldn't put Hill over. I say Tyreek Hill's a better wide receiver. I just think that DK is just a little bit more reliable in my sense. Like, we all know that that Chiefs team can have nine different receivers every game. But with the Seahawks being a rather run-heavy – not run-heavy, but they're more balanced. They're going to run the ball 15 times minimum per game. Um, because they are always in, you know, they're always leading or they're in a very close game to where they can still run. Um, but I would definitely trust DK more over Tyreek. But I, I, without a doubt, DeAndre and Devontae are better in my opinion. So, so to that point, I understand most of the argument. The, the, the problem I have with that, so Tyreek Hill is only one point behind DK in points. So you got you to get into the narrative now because one point isn't going to goat you right. over anyone. It, their game logs are fairly similar. Uh, Tyreek Hill has had over 10 points in every single one of his games. Uh-huh. And the one Except game he did it, he had 2.5. So right. the exact same as DK. He yep. scored in – he's played eight games. He scored in every game except for two. The one that he had 2.5 points in and the game that – he didn't score. He still had 15.3 points. But see, I'm not talking about just this year. I'm talking about the Tyreek Hill that I perceive in my mind, not just outside of this year. I know he's had a great season this year, but what I'm trying to say is that there has been times in the past, maybe last year, I can't, I don't know his get per game stats last year, but times, you know, last year, year before, you know, with – Patrick Mahomes where he literally goes to 25 5 36 or something ridiculous and then he has like a 15 a 10 and then he goes back down so it's just like seeing DK put up these points right now in a a Russ you know having a Russ always helps as well just like having a Patrick Mahomes always helps but Russ is now realizing that, hey, DK is a, a top receiver in this game or is about to be a top receiver in this game. He's finding him. He's also finding Lockett, a.k.a. That's the reason why Tyler Lockett's blown up, I think, twice in the past four weeks. But I just think that, you know, outside of them, you have whatever, something more. I don't even know his first name. That's why I'm sitting here saying. David like, Moore. David Moore, exactly. You have McCole Hardman. Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, Travis Kelsey, running backs can catch the ball. So both of the running backs that they have catch the ball, uh, as well as Tyreek Hill. I, I, I honestly just have to disagree with you because I think that there's, the situations are so similar. They have another number two wide receiver on their team that will get a lot of touches. Tyler Lockett, Travis Kelsey, and a tight end. The, the other wide receivers are all fairly, you know, Speech. whatever, right? 
Then you have running backs. Uh, they don't really throw much to the running backs as of this year in Kansas City, and they don't throw them that much to in Seattle, and they do a little bit. The other thing is you can't compare somebody on previous years if we're talking about this year's fantasy points because last year Tyreek Hill was hurt. So, yeah, it might have changed the narrative a little bit here and there, but this year he's more consistent. That's like saying, oh, well, in the past – you know, Julio Jones, or a better example would be Will Fuller, was very inconsistent, but now it's different. This year, Will Fuller is a top 12 wide receiver, and you can't be like, I just can't trust him because we've had eight games of this year with COVID, with everything being different about this year, and he has been so consistent, and I would almost say under the radar. Like, Tyreek Hill hasn't had he's very under the radar. exploded game yet. And he's still consistent because he will get one touchdown a game. Imagine if he has a game where he puts up a bunch of yards and maybe have, has two touchdowns. Now he has a boom game, but his floor is going to be 10 points. But with and, Will Fuller, you're telling me that you're not scared every single game that he's going to pull a hammy. I mean, you could be scared that Tyreek Hill got hurt because of last year. You could be scared that Julio Jones is going to get hurt, but you're still going to play Julio Jones even though he might get the not get the touchdowns because there's been multiple years he has over a thousand yards receiving, but he doesn't have the touchdowns. But what I'm saying is we only have one. This is DK's first breakout season. Last year he was definitely the RB two, but he was he was a rookie. So, so even it, more your point. But, but what I'm trying to say here is that you know last year rookie year, I'm not including that. This is my first sample of him actually getting that number two treatment. He kind of got it towards the end of last year. Kind of got it, you know, here and there. But what I'm saying is this is his first full year starting. This is what the base is. This is what I'm loving what I'm seeing. I know in the past, I, I understand you're, you're like, you can't go back to the past, but the past is always going to put that, that ideology of what you think about somebody in your head. And that's what I'm saying. I don't like the fact that Tyreek Hill can be inconsistent and you just added it too. He can also have injuries. He's if you look in the past two years, he's missed multiple games. I promise you, I don't know. Two years ago, I can look it up real quick. I can. But last year, he missed a pretty decent chunk because of an injury. I'm just saying that I don't think it's fair that you can say, like, yeah, past games don't or my fault. The past years don't technically shouldn't, you know, write that narrative. But at the same time, eh, look at this. So he played 12 games last year. He's had one. Okay, well, he played 12 games last year, so he missed four. He had 16 in 2018. He had 15, so he missed one in 2017. And he only started one game in 2016 because this was rookie year. Once again, I, I throw the rookie year out. You're just getting acquainted unless you're just like highly touted. A.J. Green type of person, Julio Jones type of person. Tyreek Hill was not that person. D.K. Metcalf was not that person. So what I'm saying is it's just – it's so hard for me not to put that narrative of him being inconsistent in my head or being injury-prone for that fact. But I just think it's unfair to say that the past is going to affect anything on this this future year because you could reverse it and say – well, right. DK Metcalf hasn't shown anything in the past. So maybe this is just a really good eight game stretch. And how are we going to know that it's 
going to be 100% true. For example, you could say Devontae Parker, who had four terrible years and then broke out his fifth year. And then everyone in the draft season was like, I want to draft, you know, Devontae Parker, Ryan Fitzpatrick, even if, you know, he gets benched, we'll have two who's going to be better. And then now he's not doing so well. But you had those four years in the beginning that were so scary. And then you did great that fifth year. I'm still hesitant on Devontae. Well, I understand that, but I'm saying – People should have had that, that like – just the people should have had that in the back of their head. What, what Everybody can say, have one good year and then they can completely drop off. I had that. That's why I was scared of drafting him, but I didn't come in one league. Right. But what I'm trying to say is that the narrative has examples on both sides to yeah, point right. the argument. So that's why the only thing that you can do is talk about this year, which is saying that this year they are both really good. Yeah. And they are within one point. So talk about the story of this year, which is that Tyreek Hill is doing really well with his touchdowns. And And even to say that he has had multiple years in the past, if you want to have that narrative to prove that this eight game stretch is not just a new thing for him. DK Metcalf, this is a new thing for him. If you're talking about the shoes about to drop, you never know what is exactly going to happen because you're just betting that he's leveled up. Well, Tyreek Hill has leveled up after his rookie year for three years straight. The only time that he hasn't been good is when he was injured here and there off of games before and after the injury occurring. And Tyreek Hill has been proven that that's, that's just my main point is that right. he has been proven and he is, has a floor that is always going to be tough touchdowns i'm not like, saying just, that he's not be- that argument i'm not saying that tyreek is not better than dk you just mentioned that in a redraft if i did a redraft right now that's those are the three that you would put and i just simply said that i would have picked dk over tyler or tyreek just in that situation i'm not saying that dk is better than tyreek tyreek is clearly who i you know at the beginning of the year at the beginning of last year, at the beginning of the year before that, Tyreek is clearly that guy that a lot of people have wanted with their first pick at wide receiver. I'm not dissing his, you know, his talent whatsoever. I'm just saying right now in a redraft league, I like what I am seeing more out of DK and that offense than what I am seeing in I understand Tyreek and that offense. Because of that one situation, or of that one thing in the back of my mind, that they have nine different receivers that they can pass to, and you say that they haven't passed it to their running back as often, but at the same time, you're not going to count out the fact that those running backs can get four to seven freaking targets a game, or so at Carson. any given point, at any given point. But no. so does Carson. Chris Carson does you know dang well. Carson Chris, has leveled up on his receiving game. I'm not saying that he hasn't, but is does Chris Carson have once again? We have to go back to the narrative. Does Chris Carson have that narrative of being a pass catching back like Le'Veon Bell has, or like kind of? Well, I mean, it's too early to tell on Ceh. No, but that that's also to my point. Chris Carson in the past has not been a, a pass catching running back, but now he's moving towards that. The Chiefs in the past have used their running backs as a pass catching back. And CEH has not been as much of a pass catching back as they usually do. So top bottom kind of levels out into the middle. 
is what I'm trying to say. Their offenses are very similar. Okay, so let's see here. Outside of the first week, okay, there's two. So this entire year, this entire year, he's had over six targets twice out of eight weeks so far. That's Who? Chris Carson. That's Chris Carson. Why are you Why are you taking out the first week, though? I'm not. I'm including it. He had you said outside of the first week. Okay, well, including the first week. My fault. This okay. year, in this whole year, he's had two games where he's over six targets. He had a couple close ones with four, but at the same time, I'm not considering him a pass catching back. Okay, CEH, same thing. One game with six receptions, all the rest are under. Right, but what I'm also saying, that's why I'm saying, like, he hasn't built that narrative. He, but see, I, It's too early to tell, but what I'm saying is that Le'Veon Bell clearly can do both, and he clearly yes, now, has early. Yes, now they have Le'Veon Bell. My point was that the narrative has evened out from a team of the Chiefs, which is high passing to the running back, now has lowered down in CEH to a no passing a game to the Seahawks, moving it up to six receptions, whatever. So if it's, Damian it's Williams was on this team down. right now, do you think that – if Damian Williams was on this team right now, do you really think that that narrative would be different? On the Seahawks? No, 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 no. What I'm trying to say is if Damian Williams was on this Chiefs team, oh, do you think that they would not have been – or do you think that they would be passing to the running back as often as they did last year? Yes, Okay, I, I just wanted to know that. I, that has nothing to do with our conversation. That has nothing to do with our conversation whatsoever. I'm just trying to say that that offense, when actually you know having the right personnel, a.k.a. I think that's why they got Le'Veon in the first place is you got to fill that Damian role on the passing side. But that's, once again, too early to be told right now. I'm saying that this offense has 17 different options that they can go to. While if you look at the, the other side, you have two, and then maybe now Chris Carson. Because Greg Olson and Will Disley and Jacob Hollister get like maybe six targets total. David Moore gets like five targets, maybe. So it's just, that's what I'm trying to say. You definitely have valid points, but either way, you can go either way. You can go Tyreek. You could go DK. It's just, it's all just an eye of the beholder. But now that we've spent like 15 minutes arguing on that, <laughs> let's wrap it up. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who is uh, now listening. This has definitely been a longer show, but we had quite a bit to talk about. Um, next week's will be shorter. But, you know, we had to kind of go back to our roots a little bit. I hope you enjoyed. Make sure to hit that follow button. It always helps out. Make sure to go follow us on YouTube. And I have to say, if you are not, go follow or go subscribe to Drew on YouTube. He is at 95, 93, 95, 95 subscribers. Be that 100th subscriber. Even if you're not the 100th, be that 96th subscriber. Go help him out. Drew, any last shout outs? Thank you again, Austin, for having me on the podcast. I love doing this. Um, and thank you again for the shout outs because we're grinding over there on my channel as well. So um, follow me, Drew Brummer, YouTube, fun YouTube content, 
for football specifically X's and O's, but love talking fantasy. It was great. Yeah. Peace always. Out. And like I've always said, I always look forward to having you back on more fantasy episodes. It's just one of those things that we can just talk about forever as we did today. But uh, yes, guys go help him out. Show him some love. He deserves it. Um, with that being said, I don't have anything else to say. Drew, thank you again for being on the podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll see y'all later. Peace.